The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. We are a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I am one of your hosts, Kyle Heinen, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who would definitely keep his hands if he was in a Resident Evil game, Josh Barboni, <laughs> how are you doing this evening? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, would I keep my hands because they come back, or do I keep my hands because... I'm smart enough to. You are smart enough them. to never lose them. <laughs> okay, that's good so, to know. <laughs> yeah, there was just you know we'll, we'll have some uh, Resident Evil talk later, so I figured it kind of is appropriate. But Josh, yeah, you know we're we're rolling into June now. Uh, yes. So how are things going, man? Like what's what's going on? How's the week been? The weekend been? What you been up to? <laughs> uh, things are going okay. Work's been pretty crazy. Uh, it's probably going to be crazier the next two weeks as we still have two weeks left for school. Uh, and I find out uh, I find out this week if I've got the job I went for. Uh, so that'll be hectic. And then we have a brand new superintendent of schools who will be in my building tomorrow. So I'm sure nothing that was cleaned Friday will be clean enough for my boss. <laughs> so that'll also be fun. Excellent. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, a uh, good weekend. We took the kid kiddo to the zoo and we went to downtown Boston to to hang out because it was very nice and 80 degrees, a little cooler on the coast. So it was about 75 in Boston. We were going to take him to Legoland Discovery Center. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it was going to cost us like $90 just to go into this small building. Dang. So we did not do that. I was like, okay. we could just buy him a giant Lego set. He would, he, we would have no idea. That's true. Other, other than that. Like, <laughs> so. To do the the zoo and that in one day is a little costly, so maybe yeah. next time we'll make the trip and just do Legoland. Gotcha. gotcha. But yeah, otherwise it's been pretty good. How about you? Oh, not too bad. You know, work is uh, it was kind of the final quote unquote slow week at work this last week, and things pick up tomorrow. So hmm. pretty excited about that. Uh, had some uh, board meetings and things that I had to do this weekend for some other stuff that I do. So it's been a pretty productive weekend uh, doing other stuff, but not really haven't been home. I was gone friday and saturday and got back this morning and then had to like mow the lawn and you yeah. know we laid some i laid some uh do some yard repair patch repair when you have three dogs like parts of your yard just don't survive <laughs> very well so do some patching and repairing in some places and some pretty big patching and repairing in other places and so laid some seed and all that good stuff and blocked all that off and yeah i mean it was a productive sunday but overall the weekend went very very quickly as a result of you know really not being around for basically most of friday and all of saturday so uh, but Josh, so pre-game here, two questions for you. Yes. Um, I know I put two be determined, so these are going to be some surprises. Know, putting you on the spot here a little bit. Number one, Josh, I know we talk about food on this podcast all the time. We're going to continue to talk about food, but we're not going to talk about grilling buns today. What we are we, talk we did about, get though, feedback. We did get feedback that people would listen to our podcast if we changed it to a food podcast. That's true. Just I would tell you that. that. <laughs> That's true. Uh, okay. So when you go out to eat, Josh, we've talked a lot about fast food. We've talked about all of those things, but let's say you are going out 
for a nice meal, right? Like yeah. you're celebrating something or this is a not a regular going out to eat experience. What type of cuisine is your preferred mm. cuisine when going out for a nice evening? Preferred is interesting. I don't know that I have a preferred one. I can tell you there is a tip like typically now mm-hmm. when we go out um, because we have a kid who is very picky about eating as well because you, can, yeah. you know we can get away with taking him to a lot of restaurants. Most mm-hmm. places have chicken fingers or a hot dog or chicken right. tenders. Um, so like when the wife and I go out, just the two of us, it's usually sushi or Asian cuisine, uh, mm-hmm. because they don't have a uh, chicken fingers on the menu. We could probably still ask, <laughs> but I suspect they, uh, they wouldn't. And, um, and there's, there's a new, I think, I think there's a new ramen. Yeah. There's a new ramen bar in our area now that we want to check out. So that will also be on the list because we went to one when we were in Philly. Mm-hmm. And it was really good, and that was our right. first time having ramen um, proper, mm-hmm. you know, like real ramen, not top, sh- not top ramen. Uh, yeah, and it was really good. We wanted to do it again, and, and you know, explore a little bit more of what the offerings are. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll probably be on like the next list for like when we go out for fancy dinner. Gotcha. So do you have, you know, do you change it up when you go for fancy dinners? Obviously, you said you want to go to this new place, but typically, do you change it up? Do you have like one or just two places that you typically go to? Yeah, we don't ever really get out anymore. So it is definitely usually the same place. (laughs) Gotcha. So here here that. How did you decide that like sushi was going to be the thing that you did, right? Like why sushi and why not? Why not go out for a nice steak? Why not go out for a nice Italian dinner? Or, you know, like why was it sushi? Well, it's, it's interesting because she can't stand the smell of seafood. So sushi kind of avoids that. Okay. I mean, it, you can still smell it, but it's not cooked seafood. Right. She also doesn't eat, like she eats sushi proper as far as definition, but not raw fish. Okay. Like sushi, like the definition is like a sea, seaweed wrap and rice with something in it. So she gets like uh, the cucumber or avocado roll. She does the vegetarian ones. Okay. So that's so I know I can get sushi if I want. I know I can get hibachi steak if I want, mm-hmm. and like she's still pretty con- like happy with that um, option. If it was me, like just me, because she doesn't eat red meat really, mm-hmm. um, I would go to. I would certainly pick a place with a nice steak because uh, I don't eat steak as much anymore now that right. like when and when my son if he ever tries steak and likes it, I can certainly add that into the regular menu mm-hmm. but um i also like i would love to go to just like a nice fancy italian place as well so you know it, it really just depends we also like to do brunch now i oh, think that's yeah. maybe of a certain age kind of thing um so we have a nice place close by that is like a craft cocktail rare craft beer mm-hmm. uh, regular restaurant but they do these like stellar brunches on on weekends and um, it's hard to get a seat, but when we decide we want to do it, um, we get to like make reservations ahead of time for brunch, which is weird. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> What's your I, answer for all your questions? <laughs> well, no, that's a, and that's I think what we're. I think I'm struggling a little bit with answering that question right now because of like w- the location that I live in. Mm-hmm. Uh, sushi definitely used to kind of be the go-to, and honestly, sushi wasn't even like the. Uh, it's we're having a nice meal. Like sushi is just one of the goes to like eat out options like i love absolutely love sushi uh but i've never found great sushi where i currently live uh, yeah. surprisingly where I, when i lived in southern minnesota 
there was actually an exceptional sushi restaurant really close to me, which I was always baffled by how this place was so good in the middle of nowhere, Minnesota. Uh, but yeah, where I currently live, I, I just, there are places that offer sushi and there are quote unquote sushi restaurants, but I've been to them and I've just never been super impressed that I, I don't know, maybe I'm too picky about it. So if we're going to get sushi now, we typically have to drive for an hour or more uh, to go get like good sushi. Yeah. So that tends to be like our celebratory thing only because it's so far away. Um, and what I try to tend to do when I'm eating a celebratory dinner, I want to go get something that I don't feel like I can cook comparatively as well at home. Right. Sure. And sure. that's always my fault. My my challenge with going to a really good steak place. Now, I'm not saying that I am like the best steak person ever, that I make the best steaks of anyone. But rarely have I had a steak so good that I'm like, wow, this steak that was, you know, 60 to 110 or 120 dollars. Right. Like, <laughs> I don't feel like it's that much better you know, than like the yeah. steak that I'm making at home. It's good, but I don't feel like it's comparatively that much better. And I kind of run into the same thing with Italian too. I've had a couple Italian meals that have been exceptional that have been, I'm like, Oh, if I lived close to this place, it would kind of be that place. Yeah. Uh, but you know, around here, like the Italian places that we go, I'm like, well, this is good, but it's not that much better than I can eat it, make it at home. And granted, there is the advantage of not having to clean up, not having to go get the ingredients. Like there are obviously benefits to, sure. to going out for those things still. But I think that's a fraction of the price. Yeah, for sure. And I think sushi right. is definitely the the number one pick right now, just because, like I said, we have to. It's a, it's an outing if we're going to go do it. It's a, yeah. a drive we have to make, so it, that tends to be kind of our special occasion situation. Okay, really quick then, Josh. Second topic related yeah. still to food. Josh, potatoes. Mm-hmm. Do you like potatoes? Yeah. I do okay. like potatoes. Top three ways to consume potatoes, Josh. <laughs> what are your okay. three favorite ways to eat potatoes? To be honest? Yeah. Okay. Raw, number one. Wait, you just eat raw potatoes? Like an apple. <laughs> are you... Ch- I'm not even joking. <laughs> I'm not even remotely joking. So you're telling me right now, you would get up from your chair, walk to your kitchen, come back with a raw potato, and just eat it during the podcast. I, I would, but it would be pretty loud. <laughs> It's pretty is loud. Really your favorite way to eat potatoes is raw. No, no, it's not my favorite way, but I do, uh, I do want to put it first. I'm not ranking them by my favorite way, like top three. Just I'll give you three raw potatoes. Honestly, there's a funny little like anecdote about the. the I met two kids at middle school. Um, yeah. Mark and Dave and my buddy Mark, who became my buddy. They he, I, he ended up living. He lives. Uh, at the end of my street, across the street, there's like a whole like condo village up there. So he was living up there. And as the story, like as he would tell it, like the first day, like after we like were like, hey, we're going to be like friends now. The first day I went over to his house um, to hang out, I went into his fridge and took out a raw potato and started eating it. <laughs> and he was like, what's wrong with this kid? <laughs> And yeah, I was more messed up in middle school. Well, it's probably about the same, just differently. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I also uh, used to eat raw hamburg uh, while I was thawing off the stove when I was a kid, like okay. by the handful. <laughs> well, I mean, a little beef tartare action, I guess, probably not. Yeah, but yeah, but the, and not that—that's not the type of 
food you want to be eating raw. I was like, no, I mean, the I, supermarket ground beef. Yeah, no, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not saying that's what you should be doing because uh, usually if you get that, it's like you know the place grinds it itself and blah blah blah. Yeah, blah, blah, never got salmonella. <laughs> never got worms. Uh, and I think actually like eating raw potatoes can potentially be bad for you. I, I think, think it is actually. Yeah, I'm like I, I think I, it I think, is. I, I, I don't quote me on that. I'm not 100 percent certain, and obviously we're not medical experts, but I, I feel like. Well, I, I feel like there's the potential for things that could happen with raw potatoes that wouldn't happen. With sure. Potatoes, it probably is not good for me. I just enjoy doing it. Uh, that, okay. Uh, mashed potatoes is probably my favorite. Uh, okay. Good mashed potato, like a good mashed potato. Yeah. I don't like chunky mashed Well, I'll eat any mashed potatoes, but I prefer it nice and smooth. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, baked potato and then raw potato. But only three ways to make potatoes, right? <laughs> no French fries, no chips, no none of that. All of those oh, fail. To I your... wasn't considering. I know that they are potatoes. potatoes. I know that they are potatoes, but I wasn't Hash considering. Browns, when I get pots. French fries, I don't think that I'm getting. Like in my head, I'm like, let's go to McDonald's and get some potatoes, honey. <laughs> like that's not something that <laughs> I am like thinking of. Well, when you're like, hey, let's go get hamburgers, are you thinking like, hey, let's go eat some beef? Yeah, usually I am because okay. I don't get to have it so much. <laughs> I'm like, yes, a good way to get beef. Um, uh, yeah, I guess if I was to substitute, keeping that in mind, I still prefer mashed potatoes over French fries in general. Yeah. Um, obviously, they're different with meals. I love a great baked potato, but I hate yeah. a bad baked potato. So I can't put that above French fries. Okay. Okay. Because French fries, well, and even French fries sometimes are like the fries I got last night from McDonald's are horrible. Yeah. So they're just cold and soggy by the time I got them. Yeah. So uh, maybe I don't even want to put either of those above raw potatoes because at least you know what you're getting with a raw potato. <laughs> it never changes. <laughs> oh my gosh, Josh. Consistency is key. <laughs> so you're you're so you're not adding French fries or anything else. You're I'm gonna keep with... raw potatoes at number one because it never changes. <laughs> it's always a raw potato. It's still it always tastes the way it's supposed to taste. Then we'll okay. do mashed potatoes. Uh-huh. And then we'll go. I'm gonna tie a good baked potato and french fries. Wow. Okay. What's your potato ranking? <laughs> well, what did you I, expect when you asked me this I, I didn't question? I expect raw potatoes. I will tell you that that was not even in my forefront of my mind. So here, Josh, is what I was trying to decide because for me, baked potatoes and mashed potatoes are pretty clearly the top two. Loved, yeah. like, kind of like you said, I, I do think mashed potatoes is the safer number one pick, but the good, a good, really good baked potato to me is better almost always than a really good mashed potato. Oh, I agree with that. Yeah. You know, a so good you're baked right. Potato you is have, the best. Yeah. You can't have bad baked potatoes though. Whereas, I mean, I haven't really ever had bad mashed potatoes. I've had like fine, like mediocre ones. And I guess if you get like maybe box mashed potatoes or, and even then those can taste good if you put enough yeah. butter and stuff in them. Oh, you know? box like, mashed potatoes is really good. Yeah. So they probably shouldn't, but they do. Yeah. So, so yeah. So baked potato, mashed potato. Three then was a challenge for me because similar to you know your the baked potato argument, though I still put baked potato at number one, really good French fries are amazing. Sure. But really, really good bad ones. French fries are like disgusting, won't even eat, right? Yeah. And to me, that's like a really big I, I can't just say like good French fries because yeah, yeah good, I'll, you, I'll you know, everything is this year's assuming this is good, right? But yeah. I've had so many bad French fries, and there's a joke about pizza, right? That even bad pizza is better than no pizza. I would argue bad yes. French fries. I would rather have no French fries. You I know, agree. like I, I like bad French fries are disgusting. 
So I think I might actually go with tater tots at my number three. Because, you know, hash browns were in the, you know, running for this. Like a breakfast potato is in the running for this. But I think I'm going to go with tater tots because, A, I think tater tots don't get all the love they deserve. But also, tater tots to me are very consistent. Almost always, tater tots are very similar. They might be a little more done or a little less done from place to place that you go. But it feels like every place I've ever been, for the most part, other than a few places that make their own and that's like their thing. Right. Like every place basically has like one of two tater tots. Like There's only like really two that exist, I feel like, in the world for the most part. Sure. Um, And I really enjoy a good tater tot. It's a good vessel for um, just about any dipping sauce. Like it's really good to that. It holds up well to that. And I think the thing that tater tots do better than French fries, if you try to get like, okay, I don't want to offend Canadian listeners, but like poutine on French fries is fine, but tater tots stand up so much better to being loaded. If that makes sense, yeah, 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 they just have the the crunchiness and the resiliency to sauces and adding things to them that like French fries don't have. So as a result, tater tots my number three. And I just had horrible pocket. tater tots recently. I couldn't really? even eat, I couldn't even finish them. But it's it's the toppings that made them really bad. I think. Okay. Um, but there's also a food truck that comes out here. It's called Potato Potato, mm-hmm. and they do tater tots and French fries. And I had never had them, but we had them last weekend. And I had their salt and vinegar French fries, mm-hmm. and every French fry was like cooked to perfection. They were crunchy, and hot and delicious mm-hmm. and my wife had like the loaded tots mm-hmm. and my son had regular fries and they all everything tasted really good so yeah yeah I, I i like i said a really good french fry is really good i've just had so many that are just duds and that's what's a bummer about it yeah. so yeah awesome well listener let us know what is your go-to you know fancy night out place or or celebration place yeah. uh and Rank your potatoes. Anyone else going to have raw on their list? I, I would love to know. Oh, I would love to know that too. I got, <laughs> I, I finally found my Hot Ones um, wings, frozen wings. Oh, yeah. They sell them at Walmart only. I finally found them. So I had some tonight. And it comes with the three Hot One sauces. So the classic, oh, shoot. I can't think of the second one. There's three um, Classico, their middle one, and then their Apollo. Mm-hmm. last ab one and yeah. i <laughs> i have to be honest with you um i as someone who can handle who likes to tell like tell himself he can handle hot food yeah and spicy food so you you cook them in the oven first and then you put they came with into hot sauces individually in bags so i just did three of their bites with the apollo I dripped way too much onto these things after they cooked. (laughs) Um, But I accidentally got a little thing on my finger and I licked it and I was like, whoa. And it really caught me off guard. But then I took a bite of it and I got like those violent hiccups. Oh, man. And verping just from half of a bite. And I was like, oh, in my mouth. I couldn't feel my mouth for 30 minutes. Yeah, I and I was I, like, oh no, I'm a wuss now. <laughs> were you were you just eating these on your own? Yeah, it was just dinner. Yeah. yeah. See, I for some reason, if I'm gonna suffer, I want other people to suffer with me during those things. Oh, I love to do it together, but I didn't expect like it to be that intense. Th- I you know, I know if you ever watch the show, when they get to the third one from the last the uh the bomb hot sauce, mm-hmm. that's the one that 
arguably tastes the worst to the guests and is the hottest. Yep. So the last two, they don't ever complain about because right. they can't really taste them. So I'm just going into the last one, not having had that like breaker mm, yeah. for taste. Yeah, yeah. And it really kicked my butt. And I was like, well, I can't have that anymore. <laughs> uh, my My dad loved spicy food. Um, and he actually, from the time I can remember, so for quite a while, I mean, at least when I was a teenager, he always had a bottle of the bomb in the house. Really? That yeah. long ago, huh? Yeah, that long ago. He There was a hot sauce store specifically. I don't know if it's still there, but there was a hot sauce store in the sale, a hot sauce store in the Mall of America. And I remember I went one year to get him to the store to get him a, a birthday gift. And I went to the person. I'm like, give me your three hottest hot sauces. Nice. And the bomb was one of them. And then after that, he always had a bottle of it in the house. I love that about him. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. He, and and I love hot stuff too. So uh, yeah, that's great. That's really so, cool. Yeah, it is. It, 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 <laughs> I, I definitely like hot things. Definitely not as hot as he did though. Holy goodness <laughs> gracious. Uh, but with that, thanks so much for joining us this week, everyone. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggested topics, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter or check out all the awesome stuff over on the Instagram, also Board with VG. We're proud to be part of the Place and Video Games podcast family, and we encourage you to check out all the po- all the shows like the PSVG podcast, the Nintendo Shack, PSXP, and Dollar Cinema. You never know when a new show might pop up, so be sure to stay tuned to all of your favorite PSVG podcasts. Stay up to date. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network, so if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast Archive, as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. So with that, Josh... What have you been playing, sir? Well, uh, as I wrote out this today, I didn't I didn't really feel like I've been playing much, which I th- would argue I haven't been playing a lot of video games, really. Just another week has gone by. Um, it'll be interesting because if I keep this schedule, I really feel like I, I've been going to bed at like 8 o'clock every night. Yeah. I feel, I feel so old, um, but I need it. I need mm-hmm. the energy. And so I feel like I'm missing out on a lot of the gaming time I used to have, at least five hours a night. Like I would usually stay up till midnight. Yeah. So it is an interesting challenge. So I'm going to have to work around this new life change. But that being said, I didn't mention this earlier, but um, if my Monday nights are opening up, it opens me up to go back to Pathfinder. So my character has, I don't know what my character I originally created is doing. He's (laughs) either dead or retired or sleeping somewhere. So I got together on uh, Friday night with our GM and we uh, put together a new character that I'm going to be uh, uh, using to participate with the, the current group as they picked somebody else up after I had to stop going. Mm-hmm. So now there are three other adventures that I will be running into as a halfling rogue with a duel. Uh, Joe's going to be mad at me because I'm not remembering. <laughs> a dual class. Um, I did post this this time. Uh, cleric. So a rogue cleric. Working on spell casting. It's been interesting because like, I'm going from only have ever playing this once to now trying to figure out how to create a level 7 character to be on par with all these people. So um, We hung out on Friday night. And he helped, we spent a couple hours going through building a character and then we played some unmatched. So I brought over four or five boxes of unmatched. (laughs) Um, And we played 
a, a match. I was the T-Rex and he was Little Red Riding Hood. It's a pretty funny matchup. Seems like a perfectly balanced matchup. Well, we were playing, we probably played two or three turns and he was like, I thought this game was supposed to be balanced because it, <laughs> it was appearing that even though he had the Huntsman as his sidekick, mm-hmm. uh, it was appearing that I was doing very well. And then the game actually came down to like two hit points between okay. the two of us. I still won, but very barely. Um, so actually it did end up being very well balanced. Uh T-Rex can only move one space, so the T-Rex is slow, um, but it also takes up two spaces on the board, so it also takes up a lot of space. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, speaking um. of unmatched, I was, I'm was i super boned because the unmatched storage solution launched on GameFound, mm-hmm. and it is incredibly expensive. Oh, really? To the point that I don't even think I, I'm even going to back it, period. Um, oh. It's a real bummer because I was really looking forward to to getting it i might just back it to get the play mats um and the alternate art cards but really i'm just kind of sad that it costs 60 dollars just for 12 storage cases and they're small ones it's just per character so 60 dollars for a case that holds 12 characters when i have i don't know one two three four five over 35 characters <laughs> so like how much am oh, i gonna yeah. spend on storage solutions yeah and get rid of the box art and there's no room for the maps that each box comes with so it's kind of expensive dang it's just too much i really wanted to get it i really like the idea i think the storage solution is really cool um so maybe it'll be something i pick up over conventions over the next couple of years so like if we go back to pax unplugged i'll buy like one from their booth or something and then eventually work up to it. But I'm not about to spend 200 bucks for three cases. Well, it does say that for the boost cubes that you can actually fit two heroes in one cube. Yeah, but it only displays one hero. So the whole point of the displaying it is kind of like, I get it. Like you can do that, but you're, you're removing that, um, I'm just trying to help, Look, Josh. I'm I just trying to help. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. We'll see. There's still some time left. I'm going to go back and forth on it for a little bit um, before I decide. But it really is looking like I'm not going to back it, unfortunately. But that's okay. I can't back everything, right? That's true. Because how many characters did you say you have? Over 35, I think. I have all of them. So however many they have. I'm looking back here. I got four times one, two, three, four. I got 25, 20 behind me. I got, then there's three more next to it and then i have a bag of the ones i brought so i think i'm i'm at 30 35 gotcha. ish however many they have gotcha okay okay reasonable and I'm like, it, more. <laughs> i mean it is pretty expensive and i don't think the t-rex will fit in one of those storage cubes it may not yeah i think i think it won't fit and in the t-rex instructions it hints that this isn't the first this isn't the last large figure that they're going to be making Right. Because it's they made up rules for large figures. So I feel like we'll see another couple in the future. Anyways, enough about me complaining about a, a GoFundMe. That's a GoFundMe. A GameFund that's successful for them. So who cares, really? They're getting their that's money. That's true. They're doing pretty well. It is doing, I mean, they're at, uh, what, $146,000 so far. So Yeah, they're, they're doing good. So we'll see. Maybe I'll change my mind. But unlikely. Um, 
I'm still playing Marvel Snap. Uh, I'm loving it still. Nothing's changing. The, there's like one day left in the season pass, which is I have to get. I'm at level 30 of 34, so I might max out the season pass. I'm at level, I'm rank level 32, which is the silver rank. And my character level is 276. Nice. Yeah. And I got myself an ultra legendary, which was uh, Gamora ultra legendary, which was pretty freaking awesome. Uh, And then it unlocks. I didn't know this, but when you get the last level of a character, Mm -hmm. it unlocks the same card, but different art in the background that you can also level up. So I got like this cool, like prism art Gamora I'm leveling up now too. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, I guess sticking with mobile, I'm playing Diablo immortal, immobile, Diablo immobile. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have, I have also downloaded on PC and I told Donnie, I was going to play it yesterday and I didn't get to it and I didn't get to it today. So I haven't tried it on PC yet, but um, from playing it on mobile, I haven't played with any friends. I just, just sometimes there's been people in the like overworld. Um, it's great. I knocked it out of the park. I'm very surprised. Uh, I don't know if I'd say the same after playing it on PC. Mm-hmm. Maybe I would feel it's lacking Diablo on PC, but as far as mobile goes, using the touch controls, um, you know, it gets my phone real hot, but it it uh, it looks great. It plays like Diablo, and there's a different and there's a new story, and that's really all you want out of Diablo, right? New story, new weapons, new armor, new builds, new areas. So it's great. I would say check it out if you can. If you have, I don't know if it's on, it must be on iTunes. Uh, if if not, I, think it, I do think it's on Apple. Yeah. If not, I mean, I have it on on, on Google. Uh. Check it out if you can. It's free. If you like Diablo, uh, I won't play at work because like it's one of those things where you want to be able to like kind of save progress or continue a mission. Right. Uh, which is probably why I haven't played it too much, but I played it enough where I'm at a decent level and got some good gear so and at least fought a boss or two. So it's been a lot of fun. So Diablo are you immortal. They did it. They did something good over there at Blizzard. <laughs> oh, Josh. <clears throat> Oh, is there news? <laughs> there's, there's news, Josh. There's news, Josh. Great. All right. This is from Game Rant. <laughs> Having launched ahead of schedule just a few days back, Activision's Blizzard's Diablo Immortal has been making headlines for a wide variety of reasons, not at least of which is its microtransaction model. Namely, Diablo Immortal <laughs> is a free-to-play game, and as such, feature a number of ways that players can support its continued development. While its approach to sustainability is rather commonplace nowadays, Diablo Immortal may have taken things a step further than most players may have expected. According to YouTube channel Bellular News' calculations, the game's unique monetization system is set up in a way that makes character min-maxing an exceedingly expensive endeavor. The crux of the issue, as per Bellular News' recent video, is that Diablo Immortal allows players to buy the so-called legendary gems. These are one of the character's three progression pillars alongside regular gear and XP level, and they dictate one's end-game tier progression beyond what is possible simply by reaching Diablo Immortal's level cap. As of right now, free-to-play players cannot earn top-rated legendary games, uh, gems, which are only available via some of the game's monetization options, and fully maxing out a character effectively costs 
$110,000 in the game's current economy. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Yikes. Well, good thing I don't plan on doing that. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, that is uh, via Game Rant. Uh, so it looks like maybe they might have some balancing they need to do as far as their microtransactions go. Sure, sure. Because I guess that's that a doesn't lot of surprise money. me. That's a lot of money. That doesn't surprise me, I guess. Um, but yeah, that's a bummer for sure. <laughs> but otherwise, you're having a good time with it. It's great. It's a lot of fun. I'd say check it out if you're interested. Um, yeah, and, I, and then the I'll only... talk about PC hopefully next week and let people know if it is a comparable game. Yeah, the only thing that's stopping me is kind of what you referred to. Uh, I play mobile games with the express idea that I can just immediately stop at any time that's a tough part right right you know and that's the thing that i i really am surprised that they don't have that option built in because that is how i determine if i'm gonna if like if i can't do that on a mobile game i'm not gonna play it because well, you I don't can want... you can stop whenever you want i just don't know what your quest progression will be like like right. it, is it like are you gonna if you're in the middle of a map like if you've ever played diablo like you know sometimes those maps are he- like huge right and unless you find a teleport back to town or have town portal scrolls, um, which I haven't even gotten into yet, as far as the scrolls go, right. um, you might not be able to just stop. And even in that case, it's randomly generated maps. Right. So even if you do go back to town and save it, you'll go back and you have to do that map all over again. Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, I, I would like to try it. Just ugh, that makes it a tough sell for me. Sure. Sure. Uh, try it at least. Uh, and then last, because of something that you talked about last week and I yeah. purchased it while we were talking, is Dwarf Romantic on Steam is where I got it. I think that might be the only place it is. And yeah, you're you're not wrong. It is a very relaxing tile placement game, very yeah. similar to Carcassonne, where... You are trying to, in fact, it's also similar to a board game called Cascadia, mm-hmm. uh, where you're trying to co- connect um, pieces of land that are similar, whether it be town, forest, field, stream, train, tracks, or I guess it's like iron ore or something, or gold, or what is that? I think Minerals? they're fields. I think they're fields. Oh, what are the purple ones? I think they're different, just different types of just different colored fields. I could be wrong. I don't know. I thought just a green was a field. Uh, Whatever it is, anyways. When I say fields, I mean like like wheat. Yeah. Okay, so it's like wheat. Okay, and purple wheat and purple wheat. Um, (laughs) So you get you can get points for that. They and um, uh, the more you play and complete quests, which will show up on the side of your screen, and it will be some of them are like just like connect to this many water tiles or connect this many town tiles um you unlock new tiles for the next time you play the game um and they add them into the deck and you have to go through this deck of was it 88 cards mm-hmm. something like that yeah. 80 something cards you get you're successful if you place all of the hexagonal card t- tiles on the board um so i played two games so far i've completed both of them i uh without running out of tile without not running out of tiles. I got all my tiles out. <laughs> um, and my score luck- luckily was higher the next time I played. Uh, but yeah, I think it's really nice. I can see it as a game. Like I was watching YouTube while I was playing it, but even yep. with the music, the music is nice enough that I don't have to turn the music off too. Cause it's not distracting to what I'm watching. So I ended up finding myself like accidentally watching two YouTube ads because I was just listening to the game music. 
knowing that a commercial is happening <laughs> instead of skipping right, them. Right. Um, but yeah, it looks great. It's fun to play. And I haven't done anything more. I don't know if there's more than single player. Yeah, um, I don't know either. But from what I played, I really enjoyed it. So I'm glad you recommended it. Yeah, it, like I said, it is just a chill, chill game. Like, I yeah. don't know. It, Yeah, it just is. Yeah, I don't know something about it. I have every time I have played it, I have like been playing it on one monitor while like watching a stand up comedy special or something else. Something else. Like it is just yeah. is like a total existential game. It's great. So awesome. Anything else, Josh? That's it. Those are all of the games. Cool. Well, you've been playing way more than me. I've only been playing one thing. Uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was assigned uh, to play something that I wanted to play that just because I wanted to play it. And, you know, not too long after that, the sequel to Star Wars Jedi fallen order was announced as star wars jedi survival oh man survival survival okay so i was gonna say uh, yeah so so i saw the trailer for that and i was like you know i did like that fallen order game it was pretty good i also don't remember at all what happened in that game i don't remember (laughs) the story i don't remember what i was i mean i remember i was cal but i don't really remember why i was doing what i was doing and what the end result is like i know some cameo stuff i remember some cameo stuff that happened at the end but i don't really remember yeah you know everything i was going through there and then um that was like well that seems like a great reason for a replay and i was like you know what it does and i i like linear you know third person action games and obviously it's a little more challenging and i <laughs> i had beaten this game before um I, on xbox yeah but i have my ea whatever account it is uh on playstation so but it was free on playstation so i was like well you know what i already played this on xbox once let's download it on playstation and earn some trophies <laughs> uh so i started playing star wars jedi fallen order again uh it's does have a ps5 version so it's a, a few like bell and whistle upgrades as far as that goes i uh, just it's, it's what i remember it's, it's a fun little game there are a few little like quirks with it still like i don't know why the jumping has always felt really weird to me um and sometimes yeah, it's like, not good in that game yeah especially the in, like the puzzle ones yeah the jumping's always been a little weird and there's just really like odd decisions sometimes about like excuse me interact is like pushing down on the r3 button but you're like well everything else is available to me right now like why do i have to hit r3 to do this um and for some reason like if you just jump like you'll grab onto a ledge but if you're jumping onto a grate like you have to hit like l2 to actually grab onto it it's just really weird things that are you're like why is this this way and but overall it's a fun still it's a little fun game you know like so i'm having fun going through it again um the combat is pretty solid still uh you know like i said minor gripes and things like that but I, i am having a good time um so yeah, so that's really all I've been playing is kind of going back to that, dusting that off, giving that a whirl again. And if you've never played it, uh, I think it is a pretty easy recommend. Like I said, there are some small nits to pick with it, but it, as far as a new Star Wars IP per se, if that even makes sense because it's in the Star Wars universe, but like creating a new character and a new storyline and a new type of game within the Star Wars universe, I think this game does a really effective job yeah. of that. And it honestly, like as someone who's not a huge Star Wars fan, it is one of my favorite Star Wars things um so i i do think it's definitely worth playing if you haven't yet and you know unlike other games that are you know that have quote-unquote souls like combat uh, this does have difficulty levels and you can turn it to make it pretty easy if you want to um, you story. Really enjoy the yeah, game exactly exactly so that is an option if you'd want to uh no shame if that's what you choose to do but mm-hmm. i think worth a play no matter what so that's star wars jedi fallen order with that josh what's your first topic this week well, Kyle, I got a question for you. <laughs> I have an answer. Oh, I don't really have a question. It's more for me, I think. I feel like we have a, a new, potentially new 
concept for uh, RPGs like a Pathfinder or D&D, but probably not. Probably just more new to me. Um, and really, if I probably was told about it, it probably isn't even new to me. But I do think <laughs> that it is a great idea. It's something I really enjoy in some of my favorite board games. Mentions of Madness specifically being one of those games. Uh, Return to Dark Tower, which is a board game from Restoration Games that I'm still really going back and forth on if I want to buy this game because the reviews have been very good. Um, Has also has a um, tabletop role-playing game coming out um, published by Ninth Level Games and Restoration Games uh, called Dark Tower, Return to Dark Tower, and it is a tabletop RPG where you, the players, are actually fighting against the GM. So it's taking the idea of the board game, which is where you're essentially competing against this tower yep. to get into it. And they're really just uh, making the GM the bad guy or the good guy. I guess it depends on your perspective. Um, so if you go to the it's, – it's, it's on Kickstarter – uh, if you check out the description section for it, um, it just it is revealed that players will be teaming up against their own GM, known as the Maze Controller or MC Master of Ceremonies, if you will, <laughs> uh, during the tabletop RPG. Uh, the GM will uh, be taking the role of the player's adversary, representing an Overlord figure that's similar to the villains found in previous Dark Tower board games. Uh, a Maze Controller for Return of Dark. Tower fantasy role playing can even be chose. Chose can even choose to become one of the existing evils from the Dark Tower universe, such as the Bane of Omens or the Ash Strider. As the adversary, the MC will be in charge of running the game sessions and subsequently plotting against the players using whatever resources they have available to them. Uh, it's compatible with Maze's TR tabletop RPG. I'm not familiar with it. But I'm sure people who are know what I'm talking about. Which is built on the polymorph gameplay system wherein each player has a single die to represent their characters' respective abilities and their individual roles within the group. So at the start of the game, players are going to create a hero and they also get to have a companion character. Uh, Both of them are originally from one of the four kingdoms in the Dark Tower universe. Uh, who each have their own abilities and can utilize uh, again that they can utilize against the adversary and their minions. And while traveling the world of Dark Tower, searching for valuable allies, armies, and artifacts uh, to employ in their fight against the adversary, they will also be attempting to gather uh, more power to try to reduce the adversary's advantages. There's also a clock. There's also a ton of things. Uh, it is currently at $72,000 on a goal of $19,000. It's funded in one hour. It's 24 days to go. And if you want to get the digital version of the RPG, it's going to cost you 25 bucks. If you want the hardcover, it'll cost you 50 but it also comes with a dice roller tower that looks like the Dark Tower, which is pretty cool. Uh, and its own little map on the outside. Uh, there's more options. You can do 125 for the advanced deluxe level, which comes with even more stuff, a GM screen, stretch goals, accessory set, all this stuff. I know 
between the two of us, if we were just talking about our immediate gaming circle or families, a tabletop RPG might be pretty hard for us to get going. But what do you think about this project? Well, it's kind of cool because it does sound like it's probably shorter campaigns, right? Like it doesn't sound like this is going to be a really lengthy campaign that th- that play- takes place over multiple 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 meetings of the group so i think this is something that, which is kind of cool the yeah. other thing that what this really reminds me of is the trend we're seeing in video games of asymmetrical like one versus many video games like even like the evil dead game that just came yeah. out right like you have one person who is kind of the overlord the bad dude and everyone else trying to figure out how to take them out so it, it's neat to see that being um done in in tabletop rpg form uh i i do wonder uh what like it, how do you how do you effectively balance something like this? Because I think that there's going to be, and I'm sure that they've obviously done the work, but like whether you get to that climactic battle in one session or, you know, one four hour session or right. five four hour <laughs> sessions, like what, how do you balance like the levels of everyone to coming into that to ensure that it's going to be, excuse me, a, a balanced battle and, and that the, you know, or maybe you want it to be unbalanced. I don't know. Maybe the, as you know, the players, it's more important or it's a tactical tactic there's a lot of tactics in getting to that final battle faster. Maybe it's like there's more tactics in trying to delay it as long as possible. Who knows? So maybe the intent isn't for it necessarily to be balanced, but to try to give a push and take of, of what each group is trying to do in the game. I, I do think potentially uh, it could be a little lonely being the one in a situation like this where yeah. you have four people around the table who are banding together and talking together and, like, <laughs> and you're like, you all stink, take on my whatever's. And they're like, no, you stink. We're all going to, you know, like right. that might get a little weird. Cause you know, in a, in the traditional RPG is everyone's in this together. Uh, so yeah, that might get a little odd depending on your play group, but I think it's an interesting take on a tabletop RPG. Um, it's something that I, you know, I'm always interested in tabletop RPGs. I've just never played them, but I, I do see a lot of parallels to other games that are out there right now. So it's neat to see this being done. Um, on the tabletop what about you joshua is this the type of tabletop rpg you'd wanted to jump into and give a shot to i think it's cool i don't know enough about the world necessarily to be like yeah. immediately interested um for some clarity uh they consider a campaign three to five game sessions it does not okay. say how long right um but i do like the idea that you can play a campaign and then change who the adversary yeah. is uh which is interesting um yeah, I I don't know. I'm I'm still really fascinated with the role the world of tabletop RPGs. Like I know a Tidal Blades one is out. There's like all these different ones, but I think also the problem is so many options, which each require such a large amount of time and not just time playing, but actually preparing. And like I, you know, as much as I think it would be cool to play like Return to Dark Tower or the Borderlands one. I also like respect everyone's time. Like we said, like our motto for our own podcast. Like even though we go along every time we have a guest on, we're like, we respect your time. So if you don't want to be here long, you don't have to be. Right. And I feel like if, if for people who decide uh, TTRPGs is their realm, I feel like they probably don't strain to board games too much and vice versa. So I think I appreciate it for what it is and would definitely play it. It would just have to be, um, honestly, for 50 bucks, it's not even that big of an investment. Even if I was to back it and we ever played it, it would probably be just something cool to own. Right. So, uh, you know, I'll keep my eye on it too. Uh, but I, I don't know. 
we'll see about that. And if Joe, once Joe listens to this podcast and he messages me, he'll tell me what to do. He'll say, you can back it if you want, or I'm backing it, don't back <laughs> it, or whatever. So so we'll see, because he messaged us about um, the new Leader Games game. Oh, okay. So I think I think I think we're backing it. I'm not sure. I think I'm the only person who answered him. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see. Awesome. Okay. Cool. Anything else about that, Josh? Uh no. Okay. Well, my first story then, as uh as happens from time to time, you know, websites put out their lists of, you know, their the twenty two best board games or the twenty two most essential board games or whatever it might be. Um and when that happens, I, I feel like it's our duty to go in and judge these people for duty. the games that they have put on their list. Um, and the latest group or the latest website to do this is Polygon. Uh, they just recently updated their list of the 22 best board games. They did this back on June 1st, so yeah. just a few days ago. Um, and they, they the subheading is the essential modern tabletop games to add to your collection. So they're basically saying, hey, these are the games you need to have. The, Polygon has something they call their Polygon Essentials that they do for all the different platforms. that are like the best games to kind of have. Um, on a platform so we're just going to go through it is 22 games we'll go through rather quickly and just say yeah that seems like an essential or no that doesn't seem like an essential um and we'll kind of go from there so josh first game on the list azul does that seem essential to you uh sorry i got distracted because i had to look up when william wrote an article about board games last and I think he might not be working for Popular Mechanics anymore. <laughs> no, I don't think he because of his new position. I, don't <laughs> I mean, I talked to him recently. Anymore. He's doing well, but he definitely is in the thick of things. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's get back to that. 22 Best Board Games Azul is just on the list. It's not number one. It's just first. Right. They just, yeah, they're not ranked. It's just 22 games. It just of all time or just like, hey, currently. These are the 22 Best Board Games that you should have in your collection. Right oh, now, well, these are the essential I, board I guess games. we could be very judgmental. Azul's a good pick. I like Azul. We both like Azul. Uh, yeah. It's a good pick. Yeah. So for me, like, do I, would it be on my list? Is it 22 essential? No, but I'm also not like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you put that on there. It's right? not egregious. Like it's, right. Yeah. It is a totally fine pick. Yes. Azul, totally fine. No problem at all. Blood Rage. You know, I don't think that, I don't know that people really talk about this game anymore, do they? I, I, the people who love Blood Rage really, really love it. The people who don't, I, I think, bounced off it quickly. From those who do love it, though, my and again, this is just my perception of, of hearing other people talk to it, is that you reach a point in Blood Rage where everything you need to do is known. That if you play it enough, you'll know exactly what to do every uh, single game in order to kind of see everything the game has to offer and how to maximize yeah. your strategy. So I think it can be a good game to have in a collection like this, but I do think it is a game that because there really are no expansions, there's no additional content for it. It does a game that kind mm. of have a quote unquote end per se, as in like you can get to a point where like you've kind of seen everything the game has to offer. Uh, I, have I think the it's digital, a good game, but yeah, I have the digital version. I haven't even booted that up to even try yeah. the tutorial. So so, I guess it shows my enthusiasm for Blood Rage. <laughs> right. So I think it's a fine pick. I, again, don't know that'd be on my list. Uh, Cascadia. Yeah, Cascadia is great. Um, I'm going to make sure. It looks like we're finally going to have, like, my wife and I have missed a few of the board game gatherings. So it looks like we're finally going to be able to get to one in July. So this will definitely be one of the games that make it into the bag. Well, whether we play it, who knows? But it certainly is like. Uh, worthy of its spiel nomination yeah so cascadia seems like a great pick to have on here uh crokinole josh <laughs> what do you think about crokinole you know i think i've seen this like resurfacing a lot recently and yeah. i've never played it so i'm actually just very curious 
to try it. I know, yeah. I know, I know how to play it. I know how, like, I don't know scoring, but I understand the idea of scoring. Right. Um, and there's probably a million other arcade games or games that have taken inspiration from this um, to a degree, even like air hockey to a degree. Yeah. Um, or snooker, if you've ever played the pool game snooker. Cuddle up with a box of Snickers. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I guess cool. I wouldn't consider it a board game. Yeah. But I, I feel cool. <laughs> I haven't looked at the rest of the list. I feel like this is like the default dexterity game to go on a list. Um, right. You know, uh, so I guess because there's no theme. So you're not alienating a group of yeah, people. <laughs> yeah. So that, and I think it, like you said, like you said, I think it's a totally fine game. Like I, I don't think there's yeah. necessarily a uh a reason not to have it on the list, but I I think this is just standing in for dexterity games. It might as well be cribbage, right? You don't even need a dexterity. You can alleviate that aspect of it too. (laughs) Okay. So both Josh and I are like, eh, maybe not, but totally fine. Whatever. Uh, Okay. Decrypto. I need to play this game. It's a game I still haven't played. I'm interested in it. I like, I mean, the player counts rough, but I understand it as a party game. So that's why the player count is. I'm gearing up for vacation in July. I'm starting to think games to bring to the beach so maybe this will be one i pick up it's not yeah. too expensive nope very affordable um a, a pretty different party game from a lot of other party games out there uh so i do think it is a, a a game that you can likely play with people who even aren't necessarily gamers and it's going to be a different experience for them and people who are gamers um it's going to be not just a traditional party game for them so i i think it is actually a pretty good pick as far as if you're you know having a collection of games this is a really solid party game to have in the collection for sure yeah uh gloomhaven josh yeah i like this one this is a good game it they should have it on the list yeah (laughs) so okay josh if you were having a list of 22 essential games like polygon has here and we're going through it yeah would you have gloomhaven on the list or would you have gloomhaven jaws of the lion on the list i wouldn't have jaws of the lion really not that i think it's a bad game um but it's a hat it's 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 a fraction of the game now it's definitely more accessible to people other people yeah that's not what this list is (laughs) and we always go back and forth with this right we always like we also we always like uh stymie ourselves we're like wait a second i don't want to list this game because it isn't accessible to everyone and Mm -hmm. then one of us will be like yeah but well is there a better version of that game uh is the game bad because it's not accessible to everyone compared to other games? Like, I don't know that I, I, I guess I'm like those people who would say, I think Gloomhaven's a better game because I can play it. And maybe not considering the fact that maybe others would have a hard time. Have you, how much does the line have you played? Zero, but my, Zero, but, okay. but um, my buddy has played it and he likes it. He likes the fact that it's a lighter game Mm-hmm. And he can play it while we are not playing Gloomhaven. Right. And it has different experiences as you're playing through it. Yeah. And I think it's great that this is Jaws of the Lion is out there. It's one, it's more affordable. Two, it's Heck in the yeah. storybook format. Mm-hmm. Um, having played Gloomhaven, though, it's just such a big difference. Yeah. You're losing a lot. Yeah, that would be my only question is that, you know, kind of like we talk about the convenience of streaming movies versus having a 4k Blu-ray of a Mm -hmm. movie. Like is the quality of the movie better in streaming? Well, no, but it's way more convenient. So that's the way I'm typically going to watch it. So 
you know, is Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion, if we're talking about essential games, like more essential because you'd actually play it more often because it is easier to get into than you would necessarily Gloomhaven. Like is the added uh, complexity of getting Gloomhaven rolling worth it right. for the end experience? I don't know because I haven't played either, but that's just my question. So, But you own one of them. <laughs> I do own one of them. It's still, actually, we were watching a thing earlier today, and Erica's like, yeah, we have that game. It's still in plastic. I'm like, yes, it is. But anyway. <laughs> uh, next, then, Marvel Champions, the card game. Hey, look at that glaring omission to my board game vocabulary. I know. I want to play it so bad. In fact, the fact that I've been playing so much Marvel Snap is kind of insulting that I haven't played this game yet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think this is a pretty solid, like this game is, is well beloved. I, I, I think even if you're not super into Marvel, you can still get into this game. And if you love Marvel, I think this is one of the best Marvel games out there. So I think, yeah, this is a yeah. pretty easy inclusion. Uh, monikers. Yeah, I think it's, this is, I mean, fairly Another new to most lists, right? Yeah. It's a new, newish game. It must've come, I think it came out this year, actually, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and I probably am. I, uh, I don't even know anything about it. It incorporates elements of charades, taboo, and catchphrase. Okay. But there's more than that. Players and teams over three rounds, the stakes rise progressively. Say whatever you want to. Co- oh, it's Celebrity Hat Game. Have you ever played that? Uh, No, but I, I haven't played it, but I know what you're talking about. You know what it is? Okay. Yeah. That's cool. This might be a good way to trick my, fr- my family into playing Celebrity Hat Game. <laughs> maybe i'll get monikers too get a couple party games uh cool i like that that's a game so i'm okay with it being on this list if they have to include party games yeah i think it should be a separate list but whatever yeah well you know some people <laughs> like the party i can't believe that this is on the same list as the next game it's yeah, sandwich so. between these two games <laughs> I know. so yeah so sandwich between gloomhaven one of the chunky or excuse me marvel champions uh which is a fun fast cooperative card game uh then on the other side of monikers is nemesis uh which is one of those chonky games yeah uh but by all accounts extremely excellent josh so what are your thoughts on nemesis being on this list yeah you're not wrong i've only ever heard amazing things about it even though i know almost nothing about the game except it's like alien the board game but there's there's plenty of alien the board games so which one's it like (laughs) yeah i think the just like some of the other games on the list i think the hard part is is tracking down this game for a reasonable price so that's always the tough part about nemesis yeah yeah but no it is excellent uh next on the list then oath the oh gosh oath chronicles of empire and exile sure Uh, i I do think this is an interesting inclusion because i think the people who like oath really like oath but i think universally it's also recognized as very very challenging to play yeah i think that's a leader games thing though i don't even know that that's an oath thing yeah you know, uh, I we I don't know the rest of this list, but if this is on here and Root isn't, I would feel weird about that. Um, but I have also heard great things about Oath. So, um, I mean, good for them. I mean, yeah. I don't know if it's on here because it's a leader games game or if it's on here because it's as good as people say. Yeah. I mean, the similar game to it listed is Root. So, okay. uh, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. 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 There it is. I, like I said, I think Oath is really good. Uh, but yeah, th- this is not a... Uh, easy game for your game group to get into if you're not experienced gamers it definitely Mm. is a a very complicated game but i think the play is worth it it just is plays best if you have the same group of people all the time um like hey pandemic legacy season one josh what do you think about including a pandemic legacy b season one specifically yay nay what are your thoughts i love pandemic legacy season one i think it's great 
Uh, I think Risk Legacy is better. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but that is definitely a different type of game, competitive versus cooperative. So, um, I think in this point, like cooperative is a big is a big focus in board games for most people. I really enjoyed season one. In fact, I like that it's not crazy expensive. And if I ever want to pick up a whole new game like we do with Risk Legacy, I'm not worried about not being able to find it and it costing a fortune just to play through another legacy game. Yeah. Uh, And there's so much, just so many choices we didn't make in season one that we would, there's no way we could play a second playthrough even remotely close to our first one so i also for like sure. that about that too so yeah. great choice for the list yeah i think kind of looks like a season one is a good choice i think it stands in for pandemic i think it's an easy pick because most people who are going to be looking at this will know how to play pandemic uh i, I do think that potentially clank legacy is a better legacy game oh, uh, but i do think that yeah but i do think that this is a silly a, a fine pick to be on the list cool all right we're gonna try to pick it up a little bit here we'll see how this goes without sure. picking it up uh quacks of quedlinburg josh <laughs> i mean great game yeah. Uh, it should be on everyone's list. Uh, I was so close to buying both of the expansions at my local game store. Instead, I got Rock Nova, which I still haven't opened. I haven't opened a game. Josh, that's impressive uh, for you. No, it's just been it's been eating at me since I bought it. Um, yeah, Quags of Quedlinburg, great game. I feel like everyone should play it. If you know me and you're hearing this and you haven't played this game, Kevin Austin anybody else let's make an let's make a date yeah and play this it, yeah great great push your luck game absolutely i think easy one to have on the list rhino hero super battle i've only heard great things it's about time i buy this for my son i haven't bought it yet yeah um but i'm always looking at hobby games and rhino hero fill in the blank is always on the list of uh hobby games i am looking at so I will I will probably get it this year. Yeah, Rhino Hero is definitely a game I have not played, but it is a game that is much more geared towards families and kids. Um, but everything you hear about it is absolutely awesome, and it's a great stacking game, building really tall things. Another, I guess, technically another dexterity game on the list, yeah. but um, definitely a family-friendly one for sure. Uh, Scythe! Man, I have a tough time with this one. I'll be honest with you. I really want to love this game, mm-hmm. and I don't. That's okay. <laughs> I own it. Yeah. I've only ever played the digital version. Okay. Um, and I'm sure that has something to do with my perspective on the game. I still want to play the physical version, and it's still in my collection when I went through all of my stuff and boxed up a bunch of games. It didn't get boxed up, I don't think. Uh, <laughs> maybe I should re-look uh, and <laughs> make sure it didn't get boxed up. Uh, I think it got boxed up. <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking at my Stonemaier games right next to me. Tapestry, Libertalia, Viticulture. Uh, it got boxed up. So it clearly has ex- exited my interests. Uh, but I didn't throw it out. It's just stored. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I don't know if it's just convoluted rules or that I don't like the theme. I'm not sure. But I, I probably wouldn't include it on this list for me. 
Yeah, Scythe is a game that I used to love, but I also haven't played in a long time, and I really need to get back and play to see if I do love it as much as I used to. But it was a game that, uh, it was actually one of my first board game Kickstarters I ever backed, hmm. um, and, and a game I, I really do enjoy, or I did enjoy, but like I said, I haven't played <laughs> it in a really long time, so I should go back and try it. So I think the inclusion on the list here isn't surprising, sure. uh, but it is a game that, like I said, uh, I need to get to the table here again. Uh, the next on the list then is Secret Hitler, Josh. Hey, I like Secret Hitler as much as the the, the next socialist, but uh, <laughs> there's a lot of other hidden identity games out there that I think could be an easy swap, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't say that they're necessarily better than this game. So it really gets, I think it just depends on the mood you're in. Yeah. Uh, you I can play this or Avalon or Resistance. Um, yeah. I think you get the same idea out of all those same games. Yeah. I My preference in this case would be to have Deception, Murder, and Hong Kong in there. Uh, okay. I just like that game more. Sure. Uh, but I think this is a, a fine pick for this. But well, yeah. My list, uh, Batman, um, Everybody Lies game is real high on my games I need to get list. Okay. Yeah, for sure. And that's from so. Portal games, I think. Uh, next on the list then is Space Space. Josh, what are your thoughts on Space Space? I need to play it. I haven't played it. I've always heard good things. Um, We wanted to play it at PAX um, because everyone was playing it. And we ended up playing... Oh, did we play Space Space? We did. We played Space Space and I wanted to buy it. That's what it was. Um, I enjoyed the time we played with it. Is it in the top 22? No, but it's, it's a fun game. I would take it off the list. Yeah, it is. It, it's a good game. I think uh, John D. Clare, the, the designer of it, uh, has designed one of my favorite games ever in Mystic Veil. Yeah. Uh, you know, but uh, yeah, this is right on the edge for me. Like, I, I get why it's there. Uh, I'm not like shaking my fist that I can't believe it's there. But I also I don't know that it would make my list of 22 for sure. Sure. So uh, Splendor, Josh. Splendor is a great game. I enjoy it. This list is very interesting because it has Nemesis and it has Space Base. Mm-hmm. in the top 22 games and it has some party tech starter games uh i think splendor fits on most even top 20 lists in general uh i think that we just kind of run into this original the og top 20 and this yeah. is one of those games like people people might start being like well wait a second you couldn't pick a better like there's not a superior game to splendor and I don't know that we've seen one, right? I don't know that we've seen a game that uses the same mechanics um, that does it better. Um, and correct me. I mean, I don't know that's exactly the same, but I would argue that Century is a better game and similar. Oh, enough. I don't. I wouldn't say it's similar to Splendor, though. You don't think so? I don't think so because there's so many more choices in Splendor, and you're also limited to what you can do on your turns in Splendor. I don't. I don't know. I don't see the comparison, but maybe I just have to play Splendor more. I can't imagine that's true. I played it too much. (laughs) Um, I don't see them. I don't see one replacing the other. I don't know. You only have three golems, four golems to choose from. Yeah. I'm just saying that like, yeah. So if you have like nine locations in Splendor, right? I'm well, right, but I'm just saying, like, the act of like collecting resources to be able to invest in additional resources that give you oh. the ability to then further invest long term. Yeah, to that's... me, the actions of what you're doing in the game seem very similar. All right, that's fair. I won't tell you you're wrong, but I think you also just described every board game ever made with that description. <laughs> yeah, but also, I mean, okay, you have face of cards that very right. clearly indicate what their value is, what they're worth. Like, I don't know. To me, they feel very, very that's similar. Fair. That's fair. 
Um, I and maybe I'm just also kind of over Splendor. I don't know. I feel like I am. <laughs> I wouldn't include Splendor on this list. But uh, one one uh, a pick that I think is really interesting: Star Wars yes. X-wing. <laughs> what a what a pick. Uh, not uh, okay. Uh, we're we're gonna go all the way back to Gloomhaven. Star Wars X-wing not an accessible game to everybody, right? No. In fact, it has a very toxic environment. Not environment. It's a very toxic fan base. Um, and I'm not sure if that's just X-Wing or if it's every, um, uh, I'm going to use the term measure to win game, uh, because yeah. there's also like a Battlestar Galactica. I think it's called Dreadlock. Um, there's a lot of other min- proper miniature games, right? Like there's a reason why I own Star Wars Armada and have never played it. <laughs> right. Uh, so I get that group, but I don't know that I would even... It's barely a board game in the sense of board games. I would. It's like a tabletop game. It's such an interesting inclusion on this list because uh, it is so like the people who like it like it, but man, is it a real? It's like a niche within a niche within a niche. Like I don't. I think this is a game that is not essential. This is a game that if you have been playing board games for a while and want to try something new, or if you're already into miniatures games um or war games like then this is a good place to go but if we're looking at like an entry level like war tactical movement game like i don't think this is the right pick right i keep watching this gif of this dude opening the x-wing i think he's gonna break it every time (laughs) (laughs) so yeah it's just a such an interesting thing i played the original um the picture that they have in the article is definitely second edition um but yes yeah i mean and it's so bizarre too because it's like you need basically you maybe it's not true for second edition, but for first edition, you ostensibly needed to buy two base games to be able to really play the game. Yeah. Um, and then if you were going to ever enter a tournament, you had to buy like so many extra ships and so many extra things to be able to develop like and understand the meta. It, yeah, yeah. It was very interesting. All right. Next on the list, then Terraforming Mars. Uh, like I said, a game I own I, that I've never played that I've heard is great. <laughs> and that's, I guess. It seems to fit on this list, but I, I don't have the backing to support that. Yeah, it seems to fit. This is one of those games that, like, pick your Euro, I guess. Like, what's the, I mean, do you want this? Do you want Great Western Trail? Do you want Arc Nova? Like, what do you want to have your Euro be? Yeah. Your heavy Euro to be, right? Like, I think it's a fine inclusion. Uh, not probably the one I would pick, but I think it's a fine inclusion. Uh, the Crew Mission Deep Sea. Hey, this is a game I own. <laughs> I can't I can't play. Oh, wait, no, I can play this. I just haven't played it yet. I thought it was three players. Oh, wait, no, I have the crew, the the one that won all the awards. Why is that one not on here? Well, I think whether it be <laughs> uh, the Quest for Planet 9, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. I think six of one, half dozen the other. I think they're basically the same game with a different skin. Well, this one I think is two to five players. The other one's, I think, three to three to something oh, players. So maybe that's why it's on here, because it's two players instead of three. Um, I mean, these Cosmos has been knocking out of the park with exit games and mm-hmm. these games. So I, I, I would, I'm happy to see a game on here from there. Yeah. The, but I they mean, also the wrote similar games, the Fox in the forest. And I would have happily put that in this instead of this game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the crew beyond this list is no surprise. That game is one of the hottest games right now has been for yeah. like the last year. Not surprises there. Uh, welcome to a game I haven't played, but I've heard great things about it's a roll and write. I get the appeal of roll and writes to people. They don't necessarily really appeal to me. So I'm okay yeah. with it being in the list, but it's fine. Yeah, I think you're going to have a roll and write on there. And welcome to seems like 
the best roll and write to have, sure. I guess. And the final game on the list, then, Josh, is Wingspan. Yeah, makes sense. Great game. It's going to be on lists uh, for as long as we podcast because it's, you know, it's believe the hype is what yeah. I would say. Believe yeah. the hype. So overall, a, t- a completely reasonable list from Polygon. A few very interesting picks on there, I think. Yeah. But, but overall, totally fine list. So Agreed. Awesome. What's your next story, Josh? Well, listen, I want to talk about your story. Okay. Um, we'll give ourselves some time and spoilers. Well, to only you because no one else knows what the topic was. Um, we'll have this developer on our show soon to talk about that game I'm skipping. Awesome. So, that no worries. <laughs> All right. So then my final story then is PlayStation did their state of play to kick off the summer announcement season. So... What did we think, Josh? So to start with, before we go through the games, um, because the nice thing with State of Play being only 30 minutes, uh, we can actually briefly mention each game without much issue. (laughs) Uh, A, Josh, did you watch this? And B, overall thoughts? Well, it's funny because I did watch it. I watched it. It was. It's just at the end of our dinner time in the house. So we Mm -hmm. were all, my son, my wife, and I were all sitting in the living room. We were watching Bluey. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, Jameson, hold on. I'm going to pause it for a second. The PlayStation thing is happening. Oh, boy. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I was like, let's check it out. And he's like, okay, daddy. And so watch the thing starting with Resident Evil 4. Yeah. And, and it didn't end there either. <laughs> uh, so we started watching and then I was like, oh, oh. And then I was like, oh, I know what's happening. And then I was like, Jameson, don't look. And he goes, why? <laughs> I said, because it's scary. And he's like, I'm not scared. And I said, don't look, please. And he looked and I said, don't look anymore. And he's like, daddy, I know what zombies are. It's okay. <laughs> and I said, well, what are zombies? And he said, they are dead people who aren't dead anymore. I was like, well, you're not wrong. So I mean, yeah, yeah, I, mean, I, I guess. guess you're doing fine. <laughs> so I strategically covered his eyes a little bit. Uh, so we, we started. Yeah, I guess uh, uh, the first three things were rough. I had to, like, I was like, oh, okay. They're making it harder for me to have my five-year-old in the room. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> definitely the hardest for my five-year-old to be in the room is where we are now. <laughs> Um, so and I'll let you get, I don't want to spoil your game reveals, so I won't do that. That's why I'm, I'm being ambiguous, but, uh, I did watch it. I watched it live. I watched it with the family, uh, as you do with the PlayStation state of plays. And I thought it was fine. I don't think it was as great as every PlayStation person in our discord thought it was. I saw people like 10 out of 10 best PlayStation plus PlayStation state of play ever. And I'm like, what is your base? <laughs> what, what have you not seen any state of plays is this your first one uh, it was fine it was it was i actually think since we started with resident evil we already mentioned that uh the uh, the lack of excitement around resident evil 4 remake is the most surprising thing to me yeah because this is the current generation's most beloved resident evil game i would argue it's a fantastic Resident Evil game. It's no Code Veronica. Um, but the fact that they're remaking it in the way that we have gotten Resident Evil 2 and 3 remake done, it's not the best kept secret in the world. Right. But to finally know it's here and to get some uh, subtle, not not too much 
uh, images about the game. I think it's great. I can't wait to play it. I can't wait to experience the world again and, and see what it looks like all prettied up. I'm excited for it. Okay, Josh, real briefly here. Yeah. So <clears throat> the March state of play, here, here yes. are the games. They're all going to be better than the state of play. <laughs> Probably. Exo Primal. Okay, yeah, not, not great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ghostwire Tokyo, Stranger okay. Paradise Final Fantasy Origin, Oof. Forspoken, Gundam Evolution, oh, Okay. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Kawabunga Collection, Sure. Uh, Giga Bash, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Yeah. Trek to Yomi, Returnal's Ascension Update, The Dio Field Chronicle, and Valkyria Elysium. Yeah, so that was like, the March one, Josh. So that's like a 30 70 good to bad ratio, right? <laughs> okay. So, real briefly, then we'll talk about them. And this one had Resident Evil 4 Remake. Yes. Resident Evil Village being in development for PSVR 2, which apparently you're going to be able to play the entire game through PSVR 2. Sure, least exciting news ever. (laughs) Walking Dead Saints and Sinners Chapter 2 for PSVR 2. No Man's Sky for PSVR 2. Yeah. Horizon Call of the Mountain for PSVR 2. Yeah. Then a brief update about Horizon Forbidden West and a patch that's available. Marvel Spider-Man Remastered coming to PC. Stray with release date, the Callisto Protocol with a release date, Roller Drome with a release date, <laughs> sure. Eater Knights with a release window, Street Fighter Six with a release window, yeah. Tunic Season, Final Fantasy Sixteen. So you're about- telling me that this <laughs> state of play was in line with the like the previous one? Uh yeah, I actually <laughs> would say that. You think so? Okay, okay. I think so. Um. Okay. PSVR 2 stuff is still too early. I'm surprised there was even announcements about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that one of the big problems, I don't even know where you fall on like which side. Like, Do you think this was better than or worse than the last one? I think this is better than the last one. Oh, okay. I think so, yeah. too. I think so, too. I don't think it's 10 out of 10 best state of play. Well, so here, Josh, here's, I guess, my, okay, number one. Resident Evil 4 remake, right? I, I think that in of itself, like if that was on oh. an E3 stage. Yes, I, like, I, I am so excited for it. I agree with you. So right there, I think that you have something that is like a benchmark to start the show with that I yes. think is anyone, Jeff Keighley, Xbox, like everyone would have loved to have that, right? And you're right. like, hey, we're doing this 30 minutes state of play. Here's the thing to kick it off. Yeah. That yeah, to yeah, me yeah, seems yeah. pretty good, right? Great opening. The PSVR 2 stuff, I agree. I think this is going to just, this is like the first like starting to roll the ball down the hill of like the yeah, things that just, are coming. Yeah, but just wait until like, like there's no hands-on in this stuff. Like you, For sure. It's just title line names. Like you could yeah, put anything out there. I agree that I think the PSVR 2 stuff was the weakest. I do think the success of Resident Evil 7 in VR, I do think is going to make people excited for Resident Evil 8 in VR. Yeah. Honestly, the Walking Dead stuff and the No Man's Sky stuff for me, whatever. Like, I don't think that's a huge, like, No Man's Sky is already playable, which I think this just basically helps us understand that probably things aren't going to be backwards compatible. Um, And then, (laughs) you know, Walking Dead Saints and Sinners Chapter 2 is going to come out for PSVR 1 this fall and PSVR 2 whenever it comes out. So, like, I don't know. Like, I think that one was fall. Fine. (coughs) Excuse me. I think Horizon Call of the Mountain, I think, looked pretty incredible. To be totally honest, we didn't see anything. What? What do you mean we didn't see anything? We saw like gameplay. That was that gameplay. How was it not gameplay? Because they can't show you PSVR gameplay. They don't they have did. a way to do it. They saw the hands and they're like pulling the thing and shooting the thing. Okay, going to the uh, side and climbing the right. stuff. Like that was totally gameplay. What? Okay, I'm not even. I'm not even saying that based on graphically. I just don't think that that was like proper gameplay. 
Well, yeah, I mean, do they have to like format it differently and like flatten it? Yes, they right. have to do that. We'll so see. it's not yeah. But yeah. So okay. I think the rise stuff was cool. I think Call of the Mountain will be fun for the people who can afford a PSVR two. Or can uh, get and, one, who knows? And, uh, uh, right, who knows? Uh, I mean I was more excited about the Forbidden West New Game Plus mm-hmm. and additions. Yeah. I thought that was great. That is fun. Um Marvel Spider Man coming to PC, I think yeah. it's big, right? The like, internet they, is on fire about it. Yeah, you know, they sold thirty three million copies of the series between Spider-Man and Miles Morales already. Now it's coming to PC. People are going to get to play it on their Steam decks. They seem stoked about that. I can't not see the Insomniac Games tweet that says it will never come to PC. I can't you not know, see that whenever I open Twitter. <laughs> a lot of things have changed in five years, you know? So. No, I agree with you. It's it's awful. These Sony people, these Sony fans are just the worst sometimes. They are. Not, not always. Sometimes they're the worst. No, they are the worst. They're almost always the worst. It's, <laughs> it's embarrassing to be included with them because just who cares? Let more oh, don't worry. I don't game. include you with them. Okay, thank you. Because like, let more people play the game. It's totally fine. It does not detract from your enjoyment of the game. Or if it does, you need to talk to a therapist about why that's true because that should not be the case um and i mean that genuinely i'm not being sarcastic i know you are (laughs) that's why i'm laughing (laughs) so uh then stray with a release date uh you know obviously not as much of a cat person but yeah yeah i I think this game has always looked interesting i agree Um, i just didn't we didn't see anything extra that that was like i get it like it's cool to show it more but we didn't get anything extra yeah, and then, you know, this is kind of their that first game that they're like, hey, if you're a PS Plus, you know, premium or extra tier, you get this game included. Yes. You yeah, know, so we'll see how much more of that happens in the in the future. But Josh, then, you didn't even, like, seem to care about this. Callisto Protocol. Are you not excited about the Callisto Protocol? You know, I've always been excited about the prospect of Callisto Protocol. Uh-huh. I don't know. Well, we definitely didn't see actual gameplay, which I know that, we're going to have to go through this whole argument every time, but the gameplay they showed is not gameplay. It actually, like, Josh, the, the thumbnail on the trailer says gameplay reveal. I know. And did you watch it? <laughs> did, did you watch it? it? Yes. It's not gameplay. Okay. I'm not going to, I'll die on this horse if I have to. <laughs> I know you will. I know you will. But we see it so often. It's fine. I'm excited to see actual real gameplay, not in a trailer form. Uh, but we have Dead Space Remake. Like, do I need Callisto Protocol? I mean, the guy who made Dead Space is making Callisto Protocol. I know he is. But then so, don't, don't forget. Oh, I don't know. That's, I'm not trying to make I'm not. I'm not trying to ruffle any feathers. We'll see. I'm still excited about the prospect of Callisto Protocol, but I haven't seen anything to get me like to the level that you got me for Returnal. Okay. I'm not there. Okay. It's just another game right now. Okay, I'm surprised. I thought, like, with your fan of, of horror games and all that stuff, I thought you'd I be like, all horror games. There's a lot of bad horror games out there. I know there are. I just more I just, than good. <laughs> you know, I thought the you know person who created Dead Space coming in to make a game that they are very clearly saying right. like is inspired by Dead Space. I just thought you'd be all in on that. I, know I get you love Dead Space. I get it. It's not. <laughs> He's even got a thing on his neck, just like Isaac's thing on his back. I mean, yeah, that's a great great way to go into a new IP. Yeah, Uh, there's no way this hits release date. So I guess probably that's why another reason I'm not excited. Yeah, that December date seems very aggressive. It's not going to come out in December. I think they're just trying to beat beat the Dead Space remake in January. I just think that they. I just wish they had gameplay, gameplay, and I and you know what. 
That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Uh, next item was Roller Drome, a game from the folks at uh, Roll7, who are the developers of Ollie. Ollie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I thought this looked neat. I don't know. What's your, what were your thoughts on Roller Drome? I was like, I'm busy playing Roller Champions. I don't have any time for this game. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, it looks fine. It looks like um, uh, the Rollerball movie meets the Sable yeah. game um, yeah. Xbox. So. <laughs> For sure. We'll see. Uh, next then was uh, Eternite. Uh, yeah, the I will dating say, sim. <laughs> the dating sim action game. Uh, I will say when I was watching this, uh, I watched it probably about an hour to an hour and a half. Actually, the event actually occurred. I didn't watch it live because I was yeah. coming home from work at the time it was happening. Um, so I watched it while I was eating dinner and uh, my partner was with me and she's watching it. And the Eternite trailer started. And she looks at me. And she's like, is this a new Persona game? So, oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. clearly, for someone who doesn't play video games, there are still some things that have, like, you know, yeah. gone yep. into the consciousness of what things are. And obviously, this game is very much looks to be inspired by Persona uh, with some action things and stuff like that. So, um, and it came out later, I think, even in the blog post, they talked about how, like, they, after playing Persona games, they wanted to make their own game. So, yeah, uh, but I'm excited by this. I think it looks cool. Uh, next then, Josh, I thought maybe a game that you'd be super excited about. Street Fighter 6? Question mark? Yeah, yeah. Street Fighter 6? Question mark. I'm a big fan of... Uh, I'm really curious to see what this open world aspect is. Someone yeah. in our Discord made a comment about it just being in the lobby while you're waiting for matches. That isn't true because in the trailer, you see him uppercutting boxes on a rooftop. It's yeah. very clearly has some type of open world aspect. And maybe I'm going to sound controversial here, but... For me, the most exciting thing at the PlayStation State of Play was for a game that I can play on my Xbox. Yeah. And that's Street Fighter 6. And I'm so happy it's coming back to Xbox. Um, that's just how I prefer my fighting games on an Xbox controller. There was a time in my life where it was a PlayStation controller where I preferred that. Times have changed. Yeah. Um, I still hate the character... Um, Look, they picked for Ryu. Uh, maybe oh. they'll change it. I'm interested to see. There's been a leak about a bunch of character um, yeah, like 22 characters. And yeah. like they properly made Akuma a giant. And Ken's a little bit smaller, but Ryu still looks like a, like a brick house mm-hmm. at a steroid-infused baby. <laughs> um, but I'm excited to see more Street Fighter VI, uh, even though we didn't really get too much. And you can like, also kind of tell... That what was made for this trailer was made for this trailer and probably doesn't oh. represent in-game, like final pro- product. Well, I mean, everything's a work in progress, right? Like, there's so yeah, much but sometimes with fighting games, for... I think it might be more obvious for me to notice. Uh, it happened with Mortal Kombat. Sometimes they rush out a trailer and they have to just go pick two characters, and yeah. we gotta get a fight in. Yeah, and we gotta show as many other moves as we can. It's not always like the final product. So yeah. Uh, but I'm excited. It looks interesting. I like the art style. Uh, yeah. A little bit more back to the old stuff. Uh, then we got the announcement that Tunic is coming to PlayStation in September. Obviously, already on Xbox. Yeah, I'm infuriated uh, that it's not Xbox exclusive. I'm being sarcastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to start writing letter writing campaign. Uh, and then Season. Dear uh, Penthouse Forum. <laughs> What's that? Dear Penthouse Forum. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, so then uh, we got another trailer for Season, uh, A Letter to the Future. Mm-hmm. This game has kind of been out there for a while. Obviously, a very different looking game than a lot of the other things in the showcase. Uh, any desire for you to play Season at all, Josh? Zero. Okay. And then things ended with a trailer for Final Fantasy 16 mm. um, with a release window of summer 2023. 
Uh, I think they just cut to the chase, and rather than putting a fall date on it, they're just like, "Yeah, it's not coming till summer." Um, so, Josh, that was the whole thing. What are your What are your thoughts on Final Fantasy 16? Did it seem to you like they took a um, a time change? Didn't like the original trailer make it look Game of Thronesy? Um, I here's the thing: it's a Final Fantasy game, yeah. so who knows? But you know, like Final Fantasy, I feel like kind of goes all over the place with that sometimes. Yeah, I mean, this one was just really different. focusing on summons. It was like, hey, yes, check out all these summons we have. But I was like, wait a second, I because w- I was excited when we first saw sixteen because it looked like like um it was like a Joffrey character, it was right. a kid king, and everything looked medieval. And there were definitely a couple points in this trailer where I could see maybe that a little bit, but it seemed more like Arthurian and, and then, and then nothing like, no, like it just looked like final fantasy, but I couldn't really tell like when this is all happening. So I was actually just more disappointed with this trailer in lines with my expectations Mm -hmm. to what I thought the game was going to be. Not that it doesn't look good. It does look good. I just was expecting that Game of Thronesy style of Final Fantasy. Yeah, it was very. It is some really unique perspectives on that. That I wonder where or how that works in game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were some really unique, um, like almost like fighting, fighting game, like looking yeah. like moments in it. So it'll be really interesting to see how that works in the final product. Uh, but yeah, so that was kind of a wrap on anything, everything. And Josh, one of the big reasons why I think this was such a good state of play. Um, and, and I, I think, uh, I can't remember all what's been in all the state of plays, but I think mm-hmm. as far as state of plays go, this was on the better side of them for sure. Sure. I don't think it was bad at all. Yeah. Cause I think if you, you know, think about like resident evil four remake, so you have that game, you have, um, Callisto protocol, you have street fighter six, and then you have final fantasy 16. Yeah. So if you think of those as like your third party games, and then if you say, you know, if you were doing an E3 presentation, you threw in a handful of your first party games, and then you had like an indie lineup of Season, Tunic, Eternites, Rollerdrome, Stray. Like, I, I think that'd be a pretty good E3 presentation. Like, you know, I, I, I don't think they're that far off from sure. what we'd expect from like a big stage. So, yeah. you know, I think we'd want to like pat it out a little more than that, but, you know, really only focusing on third, per- third party um and a little bit of vr in there i think overall it was a pretty solid showing and i think a really exciting way to and this is what why i liked it so much more than anything it was an exciting way to kick off like kind of the month of like announcements right like right we got to see some really cool things we're like oh that was awesome imagine if we get more cool things going forward so yeah. for me that's why it was more of why it was so exciting is i think it was a really good kickoff to what we might see from summer games fresh from xbox from these other things that are happening and that's for me why i I think it just set the tone well hey i agree i mean i'm happy that you liked it it was good for me i enjoyed it i just you know i'm not as high as some people are on it and that's totally fine totally totally fine with how much spookiness was in it though i really thought i'd be like oh josh is gonna (laughs) love this because there's so much spookiness in it yes i honestly yeah the great great stuff more spookiness please awesome Let's keep it going. Awesome. With so speakers. listeners, let us know. You, what did you think of the state of play? Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts. With that, we're going to move on to our homework update. Obviously, every two weeks, we give one another homework and report back on how it's gone and assign new homework. Um, two weeks ago, Josh was assigned to play Sniper Elite 5. He obviously reported on that last week. Yeah. Uh, hey, Josh, really briefly, are you going to play any more Sniper Elite 5? You know, I didn't go back to it, but that's only because I didn't have time for games. And that's actually an interesting question because I'm not sure... 
Um, I think what I need to do is look at the games I have and decide. I just have to stop playing five games. I need to pick a game because I have such limited time and play it. So will Sniper Elite 5 be that game? I'm not going to say no. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I still have Tiny Tina. I have to put time into. We have the Quarry coming out Friday. That's probably going to get all my time, if I'm being honest. Um, and I still have to try Dying Light 2. And like, there's a lot that I want to play. So it's just not... I would say it's not looking great for Sniper Elite 5. <laughs> gotcha. Awesome. Um, and then I need to play a game that makes me happy that I haven't played, that no one is telling me to. It was supposed to be a game I haven't played, but I pl- I'm playing, um, as I talked about at the top of the show, I replaying Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, and yeah. it is making me happy. So I'm going to count that as a win. Uh, okay, Josh, so what do I need to do in two weeks? Oh, boy. I haven't even thought to give you an assignment. Well, uh, I can give you your assignment if you'd like me to. Yeah, go ahead. Go right ahead. So, Josh, uh, you mentioned exactly what my assignment is going to be, is that you need to play the quarry. Uh, well, I think you should do the same. Then. I think I we, sh- we should have the same it. homework. Yeah, I can probably handle that because it is Friday that comes out, right? It comes out on the 10th. Yeah. OK, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if we have it played by Sunday, but I sure. No, I'm you got two certain, weeks. I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm certain <laughs> in, in two weeks. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, awesome. Any questions, Josh? Uh, we get just Paul chimed in our Calico Corner update. Paul doesn't matter. He's a side or top split guy as long nice. as the meat's in them bones, as he says. <laughs> he says if we change to a food cast, he'd still listen, which is good. We get add another one to the list. Nice. He's about fifty five percent on Lego Star Wars. Oh, I still play He's that. still working on it. Um, he says he remembers. He still remembers the three E's referring to E three. It's kind of sad G4 coverage of E3 was awesome, but I also stopped watching E3. Well, good news, Paul. You can watch G4. It's back. Watch Attack of the Show every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Eastern. Don't look, It's on, on Thursday nights on YouTube and Twitch, and they'll definitely be covering G4. Uh, E3, sorry. They just covered Star Wars uh, weekend. <laughs> Check it out. But he said, I found something better called PSVG. Aww. Thanks, Paul. That's Thank that's. You. That means the world to us. And Donnie, and Donnie's listened to this. He probably just passed out. Uh, thanks for listening, our friend. That's it. That's all of our news. Gotcha. Uh, speaking of which, news. Josh, I have this, That's all I have of our this, questions. I have questions. I knew what you meant. I knew what you meant. Josh, I have this challenge. <clears throat> the no were, challenge? You were, well, you were cur- no. You were courteous the enough. challenge? <laughs> no. The cinnamon challenge? No, 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 no. You were courteous enough to buy Star Wars The Skywalker Saga on Xbox for us. Yeah. Here's the problem, Josh. I only have one Xbox controller. Buy a new one. Well, here's what I'm trying to decide. I could buy an Xbox controller, but it's actually more expensive to buy an Xbox controller than it is to buy Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga on PlayStation. Don't and I have buy, multiple controllers uh, for that so that I can play it with my partner. Wait till after Xbox's presentation. That's true. There probably will be a sale. They're going to announce. No, they're going to announce the new design lab stuff. I don't want to spend money that much money on Xbox control. I don't use it enough. But you can put your gamer tag on it. <laughs> and my, you know, 5,000 gamer score or whatever it is. <laughs> it's actually way higher than that, but it's not super. Listen, if, you, if you're going to if you're going to more likely play it on PlayStation and you'll have more fun playing cooperatively. Get it on PlayStation and, or go to Walmart and buy the $40 Xbox 
clearance Xbox controller that's oh, Azure Blue. But then I'd have to give it to her. Yeah, Azure Actually, Blue. Volt, Who wants that? Color is pretty cool. I kind of <laughs> like green the one. Is not cool. Yeah. No, it's amazing, Josh. It's awesome. Here's the other problem. <laughs> this is a genuine issue, and this is not a knock on her at all. Um, she knows the PlayStation buttons and where they are. Yeah, she does not know where they are on the Xbox controller. So when the prompts come up on screen, she will not know where they are. If if you're looking for me to tell you to buy it on PlayStation, I'm not going to do no, that. I, but I, you not, can do that. <laughs> I know. I'm not going to. I just I'm trying to. I'll ask her. I'll ask her. I'll I'll let her make the decision. I'm like I can either go buy you a new controller that's yours. I'll even let her pick the color, or we can do this other thing. Because she's asked <laughs> about playing it, and I was like, well, we have it, but on Xbox. So anyway. Okay, we didn't. Never, not everyone needs to hear all that. Anyway, moving on to our recommendations for a well-rounded <laughs> life. Obviously, we're a gaming podcast. We want to give you one other thing we're currently into. That's helping us live that balanced life. Josh, what is your recommendation this week? You know, I didn't write anything down. I was you like, didn't? I don't. I I gave a bunch of recommendations last week. I don't know that you I did. watched any new content. I am excited voice? that I bought a ten dollar ticket to a digital screening of Everywhere, Everything, All at Once with a twenty four tomorrow night. So I'm excited to watch that at home for ten bucks. Josh, I I love the fact that the benefit of your membership is you get to buy something else. Half price from everyone else. I know. I know. I just yeah. It's not the only benefit to other I know. I know it's not. I but it was not. it was nice that that came up because I keep wanting to go see it in the theater and I do want to see that movie really. It's just not so. something that is feasible right now. So it's nice that um I'm gonna be able to watch it on my couch. Uh, with the beer tomorrow night and relax. Um, but I can't put that because I haven't watched it yet. So I'll say this. Hey, summertime's here. The nice weather's here. I went to the zoo on Saturday. You can go to the zoo if you're listening. Go to the zoo. Donate to whatever thing they're going. When we went, it was to the Snow Leopard Charity. Give them some extra money so we can preserve these animals that are locked up in cages for us to look at. Um, but at least they get good food and care. Um, go check out the zoo. They need our support. The pandemic is still going on, but if you can do it safely and you're vaccinated or you want to wear a mask, um, let's keep our zoos running because as much as people hate them, they do serve a purpose and that is education. So go to the zoo. Um, Josh, have you started the boys season three yet? I have. I, I really want to talk about the first episode. <laughs> I haven't watched it yet, so I got to do that. I, maybe I'll do that tonight. I time. told my friend, to, to, I told Greg to text me as soon as he watches. There's just something. I started watching The Boys. I could have recommended that, but I only watched the first episode. It made me realize how much I missed The Boys. It's so funny, and it's so gross, and it's yeah. so over the top. You wouldn't in a million years be able to guess what happens in the first, the opening of season three, episode one, because it's so crazy, <laughs> but it's so good. Gotcha. Well, I am looking forward to watching it. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. So uh, I was going to rewatch the first two seasons before this came out. and that didn't happen, There's a good so. recap at the start. You don't even okay, have perfect. To. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, my recommendation is actually an older show. Uh, it came out quite some time ago. It's on HBO Max, and that is The Newsroom. Yeah. Uh, the newsroom was a Aaron Sorkin show that he wrote. Um, I'm a really big fan of Aaron Sorkin uh, as a writer, but it basically is exactly what it sounds like. It's about a newsroom and trying to create um, a quality um, 
news show in society today. Uh, one thing that's really fascinating about the show, The Newsroom, is that at the time the show was on originally, which was like early 2010s, like 2011, 2012 to like 2014. Ooh, no, let's see. I think it was probably 16, 15 or 16. I think that, uh, I think that's when it ended. Oh, uh, was it? Because I don't know. I think it was like uh, 2012 to 20. I don't know that I was married when it was like 2012. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Wow. So, um, but what was really interesting about the show is that while it was on, they actually employed more investigative journalists than any other actual newsroom in the United States. Wow. Um, that says a so, lot. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that might tell you about the state of the news in the United States. But anyway, uh, but really well-written show, uh, really interesting characters, a really unique kind of take on that perspective. Uh, yeah. It's just a great show. And I will say the very opening, like to the entire series, like the opening, like seven minutes is very memorable yes um so if nothing else if that doesn't get you sunk into it immediately then probably the show is not for you but it's great so that's newsroom on hbo max great show josh what do you say we wrap this show up thanks for joining us everyone in addition to finding us on twitter and instagram at board with fiji you can find us on facebook at facebook.com slash board with fiji so feel free to give us a five-star rating over there also if you want to communicate in the more long form you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to email us at boardwithfiji at gmail.com. We tag our stuff with hashtag boardwithfiji when we do post. Uh, we'll get better, probably. Uh, so please use that hashtag as well on all your social medias and whatever. Oh, uh, let's do, I'll do a uh, board of the video game Snapchat. We talked about Snapchat earlier. Oh, yeah. We'll see what that challenge looks like for me. Uh, whatever <laughs> podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is, whether you're downloading us from the Dice Tower Network feed or a very own standalone board with video games feed, you can find me on Xbox Live, PlayStation Network, Steam, uh, other things at Why So Serious. That's S I R R I U S. Kyle, where can the people find you? So you can find me on all the usual places Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at Psychocross, C Y C O C R O S S. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming. Kyle. Josh. Sounds like Rost. I just wanted to uh, send you a little message. I believe you've known each other for quite some time, but you've never met in person. Well, as an outsider, I understand that. But keep training. Keep focused on each other. Have each other's backs. And keep broadcasting that podcast. You're doing God's work. All right, guys, take care of yourselves. Best of luck. Rost. <laughs>